Hey, it's Amber and welcome to season three of Politics But Make It Fashion. Come chat with me. Seventy-two Hours of Hell, My Time in a VA is a short story about my time in the Veterans Affairs Hospital on a voluntary 72-hour hold. I was falling down a rabbit hole and I could no longer see the light or a way out. I reached out to my VA therapist to discuss my crippling depression and anxiety. This journey through involuntary hold was marked by humiliation, broken promises, and a profound sense of vulnerability. My path towards seeking help was extremely challenging. Despite the setbacks faced, I hope my journey will lead other veterans and anyone else facing mental health issues to the care and the support that they might desperately need. 72 Hours of Hell, My Time in a VA is available on Amazon in paperback and on Amazon Kindle. Hey, everybody. Happy Sunday. Welcome back to Politics But Make It Fashion. I'm your host, Amber Viola, and I have some updates for you guys um, about me <laughs> from this week. So it was the end of Black History Month, and it was a very busy month for me. Um, being a black, I guess, um, activists here in NEPA. There's not a lot of us up here, um, but there are some really, really amazing ones. And so with that being said, there are a lot of opportunities to speak and, you know, give talk, be on panels, um, do presentations and different things for Black History Month. So there was a lot of different things that I had the pleasure of being involved in um, and a part of. And one of the last things that we did for Black History Month was a panel that featured Black female business owners. And it was all about us sharing advice, wisdom, and empowerment. Um, the presentation was inside of the University of Scranton. And it was hosted by the University of Scranton Small Businesses Development Center, and it was sponsored by Northeastern Pennsylvania Alliance Apex Accelerator. So shout out to the sponsor and to the U for hosting this um, event. It was so great. Um, we talked about just, you know, how to start, kind of how we started our businesses and why you know, some of our biggest challenges and, and different things. And WYOU um, was there and got to interview myself and other panelists. And it was really great. Um, it's on PA homepages, um, news page, but I'll, I'll post the link so that you guys can watch it in the show notes. And, you know, it it's so great to be around other Black women who are doing great things, just other women in general and talking to people about where they're doing and kind of seeing like, you know, myself talking about how I started my podcast and and why I started it and different things and just sharing your experiences with people. It can be so helpful for people um, who hear it, whether you think it is or not, you know, and it could be the simplest things and, and you never really know 
what thing you're going to say that's going to impact somebody. And, um, you know, it could be just a, a statement you made in passing that really can help inspire somebody and things like that. So I always say, you know, share your story and, and talk to people about it and know matter how simple you think it was, you never know, you know, what impact it could have on everyone. So um, update on the Gaza um, death toll this week, it has surpassed 30,000. Um, this is according to the Gaza Health Ministry. And um, that's a lot. <laughs> Um, right now, apparently, uh, President Biden is supposedly talking, trying to get a, um, ceasefire done. So the Biden administration has dropped aid to Palestine. 30,000 meals were dropped and that's great and all, but that's not a ceasefire and that's, you know, like a really small thing to do. And then when the aid was dropped, it caused issues because there was a stampede and a whole bunch of different issues with the drop where people were killed and people were injured with it. Um, there's videos going around showing the IDF shooting at Palestinians who are trying to get food and trying to get aid. So it you know, it's a helpful thing and people are starving and people do need food and that's great, but we need to be able to do more. That's just one small thing and we need to stop giving aid to Israel and stop giving them weapons because it is just aiding in this genocide. So, um, today in March, um, March is Women's History Month. So, yay, women. Um, the theme for this 2024 Women's History Month is women who advocate for equity, diversity, and inclusion. And I think that's such a powerful theme, especially right now during this time when a lot of um, equity, diversity, inclusion, people are losing their jobs due to um, laws that are being passed in states and equity, diversity, inclusion is being stopped being taught in schools. And there's businesses and different things who have cut out that whole department and who have, like I just said, um, fired the people who were running those departments and in charge of them because people, you know, now it's looked at as a negative thing instead of a helpful thing. And... I will just say that it's not, and it's not, people have this idea that if you talk about diversity, if you talk about equity, if you talk about inclusion, if you talk about racism, if you talk about slavery, if you talk about segregation or Jim Crow, that it's meant to make white people feel guilty about being white, which is totally false and totally not true. It's about learning from that history and moving forward so that we don't do the same things again. And it's also about understanding why things are the way that they are. Um, I remember getting asked a question about, you know, why are Black people living in like ghettos and projects and different things like that? Why hadn't people moved out and kind of um, 
like spread themselves more into society. And I talked to that person about redlining and about the history of Black people not being able to get mortgages, not being able to live in certain places, um, school systems in those places, all of those issues. And they had no idea what redlining was and the history of Black people being trying, being able to buy houses and how the GI Bill discriminated against Black Americans so that they weren't able to get VA home loans to buy houses and how all of those things contribute to what's happening right now. And so that's why it's so important to teach about those things, to teach people history about these things. And it's not to make people feel bad. It's to help people understand what's happening right now in the present and to stop those things from happening in the future. So the back on track guys to Women's History Month, the National Women's History Month Alliance said that women from every background have long realized that an uneven playing field will never bring equality or justice. So some of um, the origins of kind of like where Women's History Month came from um, go back to 1978 in Santa Rosa, California. There was an education task force of Sonona County Commission on the Status of Women. So this commission then planned a week to celebrate all of the achievements and all of the things that women had contributed to and kind of showing where women stood during that time. So it was a Women's History Week celebration, and it was during the um, the week of March 8th, and it was to correspond with International Women's Day. So this event was never intended to become an annual celebration. It was kind of the end celebration of the commission that was happening. Um, but the following year, committees across the county organized their own Women's History Week celebration. Um, by February 1980, President Jimmy Carter issued the first presidential proclamation declaring that March 2nd through 8th, 1980, as National Women's History Week. And so that is pretty cool. I actually did not know that. And... Once this became Women's History Week, um, it then began to become Women's History Month, which is great, and that is what we have now. Um, if you listen to last week's episode, I talked about how um, there's not just a Black History Month, that there are history and heritage months for the whole year, and that there on specific things. And what I love about Women's History Month is, you know, women's history is not really included in being taught in American history as a whole. And so it's always so nice to find out different things that women have done and different ways that women have contributed to just society as a whole. Um, and you know, what they're going to contribute to in the future. So, um, 
Trump has won the Idaho, Missouri, and Michigan primaries, which really was no surprise. Um, Super Tuesday is coming up this week. And, you know, where there's going to be a whole bunch of different primaries in different states all held on one day. And, you know, we're moving uh, towards November and the election. And I mean, obviously, Trump is the forerunner and going to be the presidential nominee for the Republican Party. And unless something crazy happens. So, you know, make sure you guys are getting registered to vote and make sure you're participating in your caucuses and in your primaries um, because it's it's going to be a doozy. You know, I love election season um, because for me, I love, obviously, I love politics and all of that, but it's just so chaotic and so many things are happening. And, it, and I just know that this is going to be really, really wild, guys. So um, there are... We have our first ship that has officially sunk in um, Yemen. So um, if you guys have been following it, uh, Houthi rebels have said that until the U.S. stops committing genocide in Palestine, that they're not going to let any ships pass through or pass by Yemen um, in that area and that they were going to shoot at them. And they have been. So a cargo ship that was heading to the UK was hit by two missiles while it was passing by Yemen and the ship sank and now it's kind of a disaster. So the ship was able to make it um, and dock and everybody was off of the ship. So the people who were on the ship were safe, but the ship began and it sank. And so it released diesel fuel and... um uh, you know, everything that it was carrying into the ocean. So it's, you know, there's going to be a mess and it's going to have to be cleaned up and different things like that. So, you know, and they, they came out and they said that they're going to continue to do that until this uh, ceasefire happens. So, you know, we'll continue to see what happens. So, um, I have a question for all of my parents out there who are listening. Hey, guys. So um, a lot of my listeners are millennials like myself. And I know that when I was younger, I remember going to theme parks and things like that when I was younger. And I remember going with just my friends. Like our parents would drop us off. Um, or, you know, a bunch of us would ride together and we'd go to like, I was in New Jersey, I would go to Six Flags, um, Great Adventure. And, you know, would we still do that today? You know, would we still drop our kids off at theme parks and amusement parks? So the reason that I'm asking this is because there was this crazy thing that happened um, opening day, Six Flags Atlanta. So you guys know if you grew up going to amusement parks that opening day is always so packed. And for us, it was always so much fun. You know, you get with your friends, you get a cute outfit, you know, you have your hair done or whatever. And you go to the amusement park, you meet up with all your friends, any new rides that are out, you're riding, kind of doing all that. And so 
gunshots were fired. There was a huge stampede slash kind of brawl that involved about 600 people. And there were different fights that broke out. People were getting jumped in the midst. And this is all like happening at once. Um, people are getting trampled. And then the police are obviously called and the police come. And then there is a shootout involving the police. And they arrested the person that they said, like, kind of started this by shooting. That person is arrested. But, like, it was a complete disaster. And so many people were hurt and different things. And a lot of people were asking the question of, why would why are parents dropping their kids off um at amusement parks and theme parks and things like alone and I was like oh well you know we used to get dropped off and we used to go that I mean I even remember being a teenager and I babysat at Six Flags Great Adventure like the kids I was babysitting's parents dropped us off at the theme park and we spent a day there myself being a teenager with like, you know, two kids or whatever. So, you know, a lot of people were asking the question, why are parents doing that? And, you know, and and I'm asking you guys that now. And I know that it's a different time. I wouldn't do it. Like if, you know, I guess we're all going to the theme park together, right? So, um, and then I was just thinking, I was like, you know, with things like this happening and this incident being so big, like they could possibly close the park down. And, you know, that sucks because there's a lot of people who really count on those jobs there. There's people who work there. And I remember growing up and there's people who that I had friends who counted on their summer job at Six Flags to save money for college and to save money for a car or to pay their bills or, you know, do whatever they needed to do. And there are thousands and thousands of people that work at these amusement parks. So if this park closes, you know, that's what's that going to do to the local local economy in that area? Because there's a lot of businesses, restaurants and things that will be impacted all around that area and the people who work there. And so, you know, I was just thinking about that and I'm going to drop a question um, in the show notes for this. And, you know, would you guys drop your kids off at a theme park alone? Um, and, you know, with this incident happening, which is crazy, it was just wild. And so I hope that the park doesn't close. Um, I don't know what they're going to have to do to fix that situation and to stop it from happening. I have no idea, but I'm glad that nobody was killed. Uh, so the last thing I wanted to talk to you guys about was um, three trains collided in eastern Pennsylvania which is crazy, and I hadn't even really heard about it. And the trains derailed into the Lehigh Valley River. So if you guys are in eastern PA, if you are using like Lehigh Valley River water or anything like that, just be careful because there were plastic pellets that were dumped into the river. And so what plastic pellets are, are really small 
pieces of plastic that are then used to create like plastic stuff and they'll be like formed together and things um they're terrible for the environment they are toxic and they can infiltrate like the drinking water and different things like that because they're like super small um diesel fuel was always all um was also dumped into the lehigh valley river so that is um dangerous and can, can cause contamination and these things also won't just contaminate the water they also will contaminate the soil that is around surrounding the area as well so if you live around there just be careful um, you know, I'll keep you guys updated on the train collisions and things like that, which is crazy. And, um, yeah, so, you know, it's it, any of these things, like I said, like the, the sh uh, cargo ship that was sank and these three trains that collided, like those things have such a huge impact on the environment, um, around it and it can just be so devastating for um the ecological systems um for the people for people's health and everything and you know the the train derailment that happened in uh Palestine Ohio they're still dealing with the consequences and the results of that the the water in that area the air the soil like people are dealing with health issues and different things because of what happened. And there's not always help, obviously. And America being the way America is with our wonderful healthcare system, a lot of people have to pay for help if they need it. And everybody doesn't have health insurance. And even if you do have health insurance, it can be expensive for you to have to go to the doctor to be able to pay for these things, to be able to get tests, to be able to find out what's wrong with you. And these trains that we have don't go through the nicest areas and the nicest um, neighborhoods. They're going through poor areas. So areas where people probably don't really have health insurance, um, areas where People may not have jobs, which here, the way our health system works, jobs are connected to healthcare. Um, so they're not areas where people would really be able to get the medical help and assistance and be able to afford that, that they need. So that causes an even more devastating issue in that area. And, um, I know when the train derailed in Ohio, there was conversations about, well, why don't people move? And again, if these areas are already poor areas, then how can people afford to move? They can't. And even um, when people are told to evacuate, you still have to think about, can people afford to evacuate? Where are they going to go? If they have to evacuate, they have to pay for a hotel, you know, um, how are they able to afford that? And so many things. So, you know, it can just cause such a mess and it can just really be devastating to everyone um, who is ends up being affected by it. So um, thank you guys so much for joining me on another episode of Politics But Make It Fashion. Come chat with me. 
And um, make sure you give us a like or subscribe wherever you guys listen to this podcast. Um, give us a subscribe. We are on YouTube and on Facebook at Politics But Make It Fashion. We are on TikTok at Politics But Make It Fashion. And we are also on Instagram at Politics But Make It Fashion 1. And we will chat soon. Seventy-two Hours of Hell, My Time in a VA is a short story about my time in the Veterans Affairs Hospital on a voluntary 72-hour hole. I was falling down in a rabbit hole and I could no longer see the light or a way out. I reached out to my VA therapist to discuss my crippling depression and anxiety. This journey through involuntary hold was marked by humiliation, broken promises, and a profound sense of vulnerability. My path towards seeking help was extremely challenging. Despite the setbacks faced, I hope my journey will lead other veterans and anyone else facing mental health issues to the care and the support that they might desperately need. 72 Hours of Hell, My Time in a VA is available on Amazon in paperback and on Amazon Kindle.